welcome back to another episode of Let's Remake a Movie. Prepare to have your mind blown by horrendous plotlines, unforgivable mashups, and so many explosions. Podcast not sponsored by Michael Bay. Suit up, strap in, and let's remake a movie. Okay, so as I said before, we're going to be doing The Shining with Christmas Vacation. So is it the the Griswold family at the Overlook Hotel? That's yeah. kind of the vibe we're going for? I have an Fuck idea. Yes, for it is. I think that makes so the most I was sense. Thinking yeah. that Clark, he wants to get that pool installed in his house. So in order to get extra money, he takes on this yeah. job overlooking the Overlook Hotel to get extra cash. He brings his family there. Oh, love <laughs> it. Love it. It's literally a Christmas vacation. Yeah. So he's going to take them there for the whole Christmas holiday. We had to have a good reason to get them there. The Griswold family and nobody else. Like, so nobody else is going to be at the hotel at this time. Uh, no, just his family. Just the family, the extended family. Okay. I mean, obviously, you know, Rusty probably shows or cousin Eddie shows up on a snow cat uninvited but uh you know obviously they brought the parents and the aunts and uncles and stuff so what are they doing the whole time are they just watching over the hotel i mean the uh beginning of the shining the manager makes it pretty clear that job is pretty easy it involves mainly keeping away the elements uh that involves basically yeah. making sure the boilers don't freeze over heating certain parts of the hotel different times of the week, uh, basically making sure that you know the roof doesn't get too bogged down with snow and collapse. So really, his job is pretty straightforward. It's to make sure that basically that the hotel doesn't fall apart. So, ah. And as we can see, Clark Griswold does have a talent for you know doing those odd jobs, even if they involve getting on the roof and risking life and limb. Is he going to want to set up a super elaborate Christmas tree that he can take a picture of and show off to Julia Louis-Dreyfus? I, I think that has to be a side problem. Like he, t yeah. he's this super like lovable family guy and he's taken his family to the Overlook hotel where they're not like home for Christmas, but he's super into Christmas as we can see. So I think that his side quest has to be, he's trying to give his family an old fashioned family Christmas in this hotel where they can like, they have to like cobble together all of this stuff. So I think that in trying to not only maintain the hotel, He's trying to do things like find anything that can act as Christmas lights or a Christmas okay. tree or Christmas ornaments. Like he's trying to make a good Christmas for his family. Okay. I also think it might be funny if the Clark wants to get away. He tells his wife, but he doesn't tell the kids that they're trying to get away from the extended family. And he's just like, oh, no, we're not going to get to see him this year. And then the son calls up like the grandma or the extended family. And then they end up showing up at the Overlook Hotel even though Clark was trying to avoid them. Yeah. So obviously there's the charm of Rust. I keep wanting to call Cousin Eddie Rusty, of Cousin Eddie pulling up in the snow cap. But obviously we know that he's down on his luck. Uh, his family doesn't really have any place to stay. Uh, so perhaps they're squatting in the Overlook Hotel. Ooh. Uh, they're not aware that there's going to be a caretaker or anything like that, but they've been hiding away there. And, you know, come to find out, it's good old Cousin Clark who's coming to, you know, make sure that they don't freeze to death. So they just think, oh, what a happy coincidence. And then Cousin Eddie gets a little overzealous and thinks, oh, we'll have the whole family here and make it a nice family Christmas. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that actually happens in a lot of those vacations where, like, they say, oh, Eddie, we're so sorry we can't host you this year because we're doing X, Y, and Z. And he takes that as an invitation to go also with them to do X, Y, and Z instead of just leaving them See, alone. I was going to suggest having mm, okay. uh, Cousin Eddie as the bartender. Mm. That works better. I think that works better. Agreed. Because he is the thing that drives Clark the craziest. Yes. So he is that yes, ghost yes. that ends up egging him on. I like it. That's perfect. Yeah. Because Clark, because Cousin Eddie drives Clark yeah. crazy in general. Mm -hmm. Should Cousin Eddie clog Instead up of the shitter red of the Overlook on Hotel? The, uh, on the wall, it's on the bathroom door and Reddit just says shitter's full. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh. shit running out of the elevator. <laughs> we should have the creepy twins hint oh. at it too. We should, if we really want to go full with it. So, some fun mashups that I noticed 
while I was watching The Shining was that the The Shining and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation both start the exact same way. Elaborate. They both start with an aerial shot of a car driving on a rural road. And it gets closer and closer and closer to the car. Of course, in The Shining, all you hear is ominous tuba the whole time. <laughs> versus in Christmas Vacation, you hear that that awesome song, that holiday road song, you know. Yes. So that I thought that was really funny that like you can have that starting. But we have to set the tone of this. Like, is it going to be a horror movie or is it going to be a Christmas movie? It's the same argument that people have with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it a holiday movie or is it a Halloween movie? I, I would say it's a horror Christmas movie. Mm, that's, what, okay. that's, that, that's what we're doing with this. We're making a Christmas movie that's a horror. In the same vein as uh, Black Christmas, for instance, or Silent Night, Deadly Night. Or Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, perhaps most famous for the meme of the guy saying garbage day and then shooting a guy while he's taking out the trash. So is this like this is like a whole sub-series. I've I Sean, I knew nothing of what you just said. That, like that was all I'm, you I'm might as well have been Charlie Brown's right teacher. Okay. So it's a horror Christmas movie. It's a it's a Christmas movie. It takes place at Christmas, but it's a supernatural Stanley Kubrick esque horror. And Laura, I think so. so, Psychological wah wah thriller. Wah. That was clever. But okay, so Laura, and and you mentioned the music. So instead of the Holiday Road song, which is actually sung by Lindsay Buckingham, is that so? Jesus Christ! Of course, you would fucking know that. I just googled it. Don't worry. Um, Holiday Road. That one, right? Yes. Sadly, it does not feature him singing about how he dumped Stevie Nicks and then did cocaine <laughs> afterwards. It's a, it, 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 it takes the song down a peg. Wait, I'm going to be honest. Mm. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. So the theme song. <laughs> but there's like occasionally wrong notes. <laughs> so, yeah. Holiday Road. So, Holiday so, Road in G yeah. minor on the tuba. Like, that's, that's perfect. Okay, so the theme song from... Yeah, the theme song from Christmas Vacation played in G minor on a tuba. That's fucking perfect. Okay, so, and and also, I think that would create an ominous intro to the Christmas Vacation shenanigans. Also, Clark Griswold is a bit, like, you can feel the intensity bubbling below the surface. Much Much like Jack Torrance. So another reason why it's a good matchup, not only do the movies start the same, our protagonists are quite similar. So you could have some supernatural shit going on in the Overlook Hotel, and Clark Griswold could easily start murdering people. Easily. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's that whole scene in Christmas Vacation to show evidence that he could be psychotic with a whole chainsaw in the end and stuff like that. Like, he goes off the rails. But I think the difference between this and why we're casting Chevy Chase and not Jack Nicholson in this role, because I don't think for this mashup that Jack Nicholson playing the family man in national lampoon's christmas vacation would work because it would just turn into the shining about 15 minutes in if you know what i mean because on a scale of like crazy escapades jack nicholson starts the shining at an eight (laughs) 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 you know and and like 15 20 minutes in it's like you know that dramatic music and it goes to 10 day tuesday and all of a sudden he's at a 10 and you're like what the fuck just happened but chevy he starts off at a very genial like one to two you know he does and he just has insane moments that kind of tick him up the scale okay so i think that that makes him a more a, a better jack than jack nicholson for the shining interestingly enough that's why stephen king didn't necessarily like the stanley kubrick version of the shining because he thought it should be somebody more genial some more of an everyman who goes insane yeah rather than jack nicholson who appears insane or at least his eyebrows for the first half an hour because like if you're just paying attention to jack nicholson's acting his eyebrows are giving away the fact that he is totally already read ahead in the script he is ready to murder somebody (laughs) so yeah jack nicholson he he could pull a truck with his forehead (laughs) Jack Nicholson totally just wanted to get to the murdering part and his eyebrows could not contain their excitement. His eye- I would like to imagine that Jack Nicholson's eyebrows are actually sentient. And when we go through the rest of his filmography and see where his eyebrows 
peaked up in excitement for where the rest of the script was going to go. Like in a few good men do his eyebrows hint that he's secretly a crazy mofo when he's just talking to Tom Cruise. Mm, I think more research needs to be done on this subject. Well, maybe we're the four people who should do it. I think so. And if you want to fall down an interesting YouTube hole, so somebody that does a surprisingly good Jack Nicholson imitation, especially with the eyebrows, is Leonardo DiCaprio. I've seen that. And, it's and really good. I don't good. mean the voice. It's just, it's the face, it's the cheeks pulled back, and the eyebrows is perfect. Oh, it's great. It is uncanny. It is really Especially really when good. he's got that Leo goatee that it's just sort of like, you know, he's rugged, but you know, he'd take good care of you. Yeah. It, it, it really is spot on. <laughs> Sean has definitely thought about Leonardo DiCaprio painting him like one of his French girls. Yep. Oh my God. So right, no, no, no argument there. No argument. There. So I. No, no, but I, that's absolutely true. Okay. Cool. So uh, big, big problem and big, big question because we are missing one of the biggest elements of The Shining, and that is freaking Tony and Danny. So you need a kid who has. The Shining or ESP powers. Yes. So is that going to be Russ, Rusty? And if so, which mm. Rusty are we going to use? Are we going to use the dude from The Big Bang Theory or are we doing Ethan Embry? So if we're sticking specifically with Christmas Vacation, that is Johnny Galecki from Roseanne Big Bang Theory. Let's stick with Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I was going to say, but we have a podcast of our own and we can do whatever the hell we want. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean... I was just going to say, let's stick with Christmas Vacation because it's You're easier. You're not the boss of me. I'm not even the boss of me. If you think about the stretches we've made in some of our previous episodes, having a different actor that played the same character in the movie we're referencing is not that big a deal. Now, something I've been thinking of, and perhaps this might be a bit of an odd connection, but I think it would fit well, even if it's not necessarily in Christmas Vacation itself, because we see Danny first showing his shining abilities when uh, he meets Dick Halloran, Scatman Crothers. Um, well, wait, 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 wait. we see it way before then. We see him speaking. Tony speaks to him in the mirror in the bathroom scene in the beginning, and it's like, Daddy's going to get a phone call. He got the job. Right. I, I'm talking specifically if it's a character that is not a boy that lives in his mouth. The first time that we see it is Dick Halloran. Um, oh, right. The ESP thing. He talks to yeah, him. Yeah, and he, he basically says, do you want some ice cream? And then they sit down and they talk about how uh, Dick Halloran used to have conversations with his grandmother and neither of them would say a word. He And she called it The Shining. Uh, fun fact, the name Shining is taken from a lyric from John Lennon from Instant Karma, we all shine on. That's not my favorite fun fact. We'll get to my favorite fun fact. Really? But, wow. Yeah. Huh. Um, Never would have guessed. Exactly. But obviously Dick Halloran is an important part of The Shining. Um, I guess my question becomes, should that be Clark Griswold's neighbor? Or do we want to get a little more meta? And because he's basically supposed to be the anti-Jack in many ways because he's coming to save the people from the hotel. Uh, the anti-Chevy Chase is his most famous rival, mm. I think, Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> or is Bill Murray his most famous rival? Well, Bill Murray's already got the connection with the boss in the show, though. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, because it's Bill Murray's brother, right? That yeah. plays the boss. Right, which I had no idea. I would say, let's go with Richard Pryor. My great-grandfather kind of looked like Scatman Crothers. I'm sorry, continue. What a, so name. what a fucking <laughs> awesome name that is, too. So that is so the, that is the person who is like, yeah, that has the knowledge. And so he's talking to what is it? Not uh, not Ethan Embry. What is Johnny Galecki? Johnny Galecki. Oh, my God. I'm never going to be able to remember that. The fuck kind of name is Johnny Galecki? I'm sorry. But that's a ridiculous sounding name. Hi, I'm Connor Finnerty. I have a normal name. Oh, <laughs> And back to it. So we have, just to recap, we have aerial shot of the car, Holiday Road in G minor on the scary tuba. They are driving to the Overlook Hotel. He has gotten the job of caretaker of the Overlook Hotel. He's had to convince his family 
to come with him for the holidays so he can earn some extra money. And they are going to have a good old-fashioned family Christmas there. They have told all their relatives, don't fucking bother coming, even though we know in Act 3 they're all going to show up anyway. And they are there, and he has begun preparations for trying to make this hotel into like a family-friendly environment. Meanwhile, his half-psychic son is walking around the hotel mm. and Chevy's going, starting to go a little crazy because he can't really find Christmas decorations because mm-hmm. they shut down for Christmas. So how is Chevy Chase making Christmas decorations in the tree out of nothing? And what kind of shenanigans does the sun get up to in the overlook? I feel like the sun would want to like, he'd want to run around the hotel. He would definitely run into the creepy twins. He'd run into Richard Pryor, obviously. Mm-hmm. He'd probably... But would he try to go to the bar and then he runs into cousin Eddie, who's the bartender? I, I don't think so. I think that is a ghost that purely haunts um, Jack Nicholson's character. So I, th- okay, I think okay. this kid is, is running around and the hotel is like speaking to him. So maybe there's like ghosts of bad Chevy Chase movies past that are all in there or something. <laughs> you could have the shitty uh, Vegas vacation movie. Mm. You could have the season of community that he left because yeah. he was like the season after he left of community because uh, he was such a pain in the ass. So he walks around and he sees the ghost <laughs> of Ethan Embry, like looking at him and saying, <laughs> uh, wait a minute. I'm just, let me just confirm this. Let me just confirm this. I'm not sure if he's in this, but if he's in, yes, we have to have Caddyshack two in there because Caddyshack two is fucking awful. And Chevy Chase is in it. So this has to be in it. Either. I didn't yeah. even know that was a thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep, there's a Caddyshack 2. It's one of the worst sequels of all time. Worse than the Indiana Jones movie that doesn't exist. What are those sequels that's like cheaper to play on on network TV, so, yeah. but it still has the name recognition of the famous prequel so that they can like play it on TBS at like <laughs> 7 o'clock on a Saturday and they don't feel like they're lame. Right, basically. But, it, but they are. It also, <laughs> it also has a Kenny Loggins song, but that's about all it has going for it. So... As Rusty is rolling around the hallway, perhaps on a sled that uh, his father greased up with his new additive for food that yeah. makes it extra crunchy and makes him fly oh, down yeah. the hill. So, you know, it could even well be just he put it on the floor, stepped on it, and now he's flying around the hotel. But um, as he's flying past this, perhaps he hears uh, some music with some interesting beats. You know, he can sort of pick it out. It's, you know, some creepy uh, African drums at first, and then the. Uh, faintest hint of some brass instruments and it gets louder and louder and closer and closer and more foreboding until finally he opens a hotel door and hears and sees his father and paul simon dancing around too you can call me al which was one of the most random ideas for a music video ever for members of our audience who were born before 1995, there is a music video that Paul Simon did for his famous song, You Can Call Me Out. And it was just him and Chevy Chase like singing and dancing together for three minutes or whatever it was. It is very amusing to see how comically short Paul Simon is compared to Chevy Chase. Yeah, so there's a, there's a height differential there. Because like Cousin yeah. Eddie at one point goes and gets Clark's boss after he gets the Jelly of the Month Club. And like he's like, <laughs> I want someone to bring my boss right here. So, um, what if the yes. bartender cousin Eddie, like, I don't know, this could be a hallucination, I don't know, but he like gets someone from Clark's past and tells Clark to kill him. And like that's the moment that Clark's like like kills either the ghost or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy is so Chevy Chase is walking around the hotel trying to source material for like a Christmas tree and lights and stuff for his family. None of them whom are like super into the holiday and he can't really get them into the holiday spirit. And he gets really depressed and upset. So he's wandering around the hotel trying to find anything he can turn into like Christmas lights or a tree. And he's even checking like the outside area, you know, with all of the snow laden roofs. And so instead of maybe like a lights debacle, what we're really having him is trying to clear snow off of the roof. And he's having the same issues with like the ladder and like falling and stuff like that. So we get the classic Chevy Chase slapstick humor. And after all that, He gets really, really upset, really tired. So he goes and wanders around and finds the hotel bar for a drink. And that's when the camera pans away and cuts back. And it's Cousin Eddie there, 
like, hello, Clark. And he goes, Eddie? Eddie, what are you doing here? Well, I'm behind a bar, so it looks like I'm the bartender, you know. And he just kind of goes on that. And everyone in the audience is wondering, is Chevy Chase really gone crazy? Or is Cousin Eddie really there? Because Cousin Eddie is actually fucking crazy, too. I love that. That's perfect. Now, when all this is happening, do we see... Because obviously, we it, that's the scene where we do first see the ghosts or a lot of the ghosts in the same place at the same time at the party scene. Yeah. And if you look closely, you can see Kubrick's r- wife in the background there. But um, Oh, fun. Oh, uh, yeah. Fun fact for you there. Uh, but so is that... Do we see like... I know Cousin Eddie is officially Clark's wife's cousin. Uh, but in is law. there like a family reunion going on and that's what he's seeing as a hallucination? Or- yeah, maybe it's that he suddenly all of the relatives are coming in and that's like mm. super scary to him. Mm. So, I mean, because in The Shining, it's there's scary moments, but a lot of it is like super intense music and a, a long drawn out pan down a hallway or to a door. Yes. And then fuck all, nothing happens, but it cuts to like a black screen and text that says like, Thursday. Ooh, Thursday. Thursday. You know, sometimes I think the scariest thing in The Shining is just Shelley Duvall's teeth. Like that's... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I was going to say, Shelley Duvall is a much more neurotic spouse than Chevy Chase's wife in Christmas Vacation. Like, Shelley Duvall is fucking hopeless yeah in that movie the only thing more hopeless than her is is stanley kubrick's score which i swear to god is just him standing at the top of a long staircase with a box of silverware and he just throws it down and whatever (laughs) sound comes out that's the fucking soundtrack of the shining i was trying to think like who is more helpless shelly duvall in the shining or the woman from indiana jones in the temple of doom who goes indy i would say shelly duvall is at the very least, she manages to, you know, get out and save her son. Mm. Uh, wh- whereas whereas right. we all know Willie is dead if Short Round isn't there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a fair point. Okay. So I was thinking because they're in isolation. He's got the family around. He should be trying to make the Christmas tree go. And what is so what if he's like sending pictures? Like, I'm trying to think, like, what's going to make him slowly go insane? What if we've got. So the ghosts we're deciding are all like his relatives slowly driving him insane, right? So maybe he's gone into all of the rooms um, because what's available in a hotel? Like they don't have, he could go out into the fields of Colorado or wherever the hell they are and try to chop down a Christmas tree, like in the very first scene. But I don't think that that would be conducive because he's just trying to source things from the hotel because they're isolated. They're trapped in there. So maybe he goes around to all of the hotel rooms and they all have that God awful, fucking coloration from the 60s and 70s so maybe he finds a bunch of fucking different colored green paisley bedspreads with that terrible terrible pattern on it that definitely doesn't look like the apollo 11 launch pad (laughs) and puts them into circles trying to make like a pillow fort of a christmas tree But it keeps, but it keeps like a house of cards. But it just keeps collapsing. Or maybe the ghosts come in and fuck with it on him, Ooh, and he's yeah. slowly going more and more insane. And what if the ghosts try to fuck with his Christmas tree too? Like he's like the like everything that Clark tries to do. Uncle Lewis burns it down in the movie. Okay, okay, so. You know, like that's there's I was thinking of continuity, continuity. (laughs) Okay, so maybe there's one thing like the Christmas, like them trying to fuck with the Christmas tree right as Chevy Chase is about to take a picture of it and show it off to the neighbors. Maybe that could be something uh, like every little thing he tries to do for that. Clark is like super obsessed with all the lights on his house. So what if he bought like a shit ton of lights to the Overlook Hotel and he's like trying to go up onto the roof and staple the lights to the top of the Overlook Hotel? Yes. (laughs) That's perfect. But it's like a huge hotel. So how is he ever going to finish in time for Christmas? And how is he ever going to like have enough, you know, stamina to finish all of it? So, you know, he gets into, like, the all work and no play makes makes Chevy a dull boy. But he's got to say something yeah, to that maybe effect, he's right? Yeah, the family's going to mock yeah. him yes. for, like, not having good enough Christmas decorations. And, like, the ghosts, like, lead, lead him on to that. And then, yeah, he needs to say something like that that's related to the lights. Or... It's like, yeah, it's got to be his obsession with... Uh, Either, you know, it's got to be a good Christmas or like I plugged in the extension cord. I hit the 
you know, I turned on the fuse box. I plugged in the extension cord. I turned on the fuse box kind of thing. That's what it should. I think that's what it should be. It's a two sentence. It's like, it's like a two sentence thing. It's very succinct. Yeah. It's very succinct and everybody knows. And it's, and it kind of shows the depths of his like insanity and it's and because he's just obsessed with having a good christmas i checked the bulbs and the cords i checked the bulbs and the cords did you check the bulbs and that's, the cords i checked the bulbs and the cords yep. i think that works oh, there it is that that's that laura 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 <laughs> saves the day yet again <laughs> and here's another fun fact for you uh afi named uh at least i believe it was afi named uh the finding of the all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Uh, they listed it in their top 20 scariest really? movie moments of all time. What? Oh my God. What? Okay. That is just, all right. I will, this is my little rant. I get this. I'm ha- I'm my scotch is finished. I'm allowed to rant. That's the rule. <laughs> Absolutely. We encourage you to rant. I fucking hate Stanley Kubrick. He thinks he's (laughs) such a self-important asshole. Ooh, look, I have dramatic music over a woman going obsessively through sheets of paper as the scariest moment ever. I'm sorry, but it was scary for the first four to six seconds that Shelley Duvall was frantically overreacting going through these reams of paper but like on second 20 everyone in the audience is like we get it Shelly you don't like the book we understand it's neurotic can we can anything ever happen that you know the music score in the shining is just like things are going to happen 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 things are happening Ooh, what's gonna happen 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 Ooh, nothing Tuesday (laughs) <laughs> like that's that I, it pisses me right off that everyone like self masturbates over how amazing Stanley Kubrick is, and I think he's fucking a hack. That the the author of the piece is like this is the worst. Like the only real reason I would say The Shining is worth the the fucking celluloid it was printed on is if Stanley Kubrick actually did fucking film the moon landing and he was trying to send a message because nothing else explains why this movie is so bad. So obviously Laura and I had many spirited That's a lot to unpack. I no, know no, no, a lot to unpack. Many Go ahead. Spirited debates about whether or not Stanley Kubrick is a good director. As it is, uh, I think he is um he is the definition of a mad genius. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And he Stephen King reports that uh, during the making of The Shining that Stanley Kubrick would call him at about three in the morning asking him inane questions like, do you believe in God? Uh, Stanley <laughs> Kubrick denies ever having done that. I, I just want to ask Laura, oh my fucking Laura God. a real quick question. I just Something I want to clarify. Oh, no. um, does, it, oh, does it feel good to uh, insult a man with autism? I don't even know if he's autistic. So. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care okay. if he's autistic. His shit is still terrible. I don't okay. care. I am right. myself. I am an equal opportunity hater. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's a terrible Merry movie. Christmas, everyone. It's not oh, Merry God. Christmas. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Merry Josh. fucking Christmas. Wow, that Hallelujah. Was... Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Oh, my God. Wow. That was the biggest rant you've ever gone on. And that's, and that's my God. All right. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, she went like, she's going to start like trying to hit Sean with a baseball bat now. Oh my God. Okay. I'll I'll do the shit sandwich. I'll give you one compliment. The only thing I love about the shining is that Kubrick timed the panning of the camera in the in the door axe scene so perfectly that it's terrifying to watch because the camera is panning back slowly with the axe swing and then super fast as it hits the door and that is a really amazing film technique i don't give him the credit i give his fucking cameraman the credit though there it is wow wow oh my god well he has to plan the shots the steady cam being invented to do this movie yeah well whatever also you said self-masturbate is there another form of masturbation i'm not aware of like <laughs> no listen you, clearly you've never been to mardi gras do, do as i say not as i do i don't know what, at mardi gras? what the hell that took a fucking right turn do you have a story there connor no but no uh, but you know what never mind uh, it involves yeah. a man in a bear suit <laughs> oh 
there it right, is. So and okay. we're okay. there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so first we have to have Clark go crazy and then the man in the bear suit. So Clark should be going crazy with the ghost. Yeah. They're fucking up everything he wants to do. His, his, his pain in the ass son is being a pain in the ass. Um, his wife doesn't want to have sex with him. And then one thing should really set him off. He expects his Christmas bonus um, at the end of the year. And he gets and he has his office forward his mail to the Overlook Hotel. And then he has delivered a letter from his company. And it says he is instead of his bonus, he is given a year-long membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. And this has him go nuts and wanting to kill everybody. And who could blame him? What if he also finds out that like the person who hired him can't afford to pay him oh so he's going through like all of the like he's trying to find more and more lights more light bulbs more light light for the holidays my family wants more light and like he's going through all this he's finding every light bulb in the place that like, he's going through into offices he's going into hotel rooms he's unscrewing these light bulbs thinking that he's gonna like take the lamps and make more light and he goes into an office and he sees records on the table like, and maybe even some letter from some big shot that's like, ha, I got this hokey and this whole family to live up here for room and board and I'm not going to pay him. I'm just going to ghost him in the fucking, in the fucking spring. <laughs> and he goes crazy. Like I've done all of this and I'm not even getting paid. And then he goes back out to his Christmas tree and all of his relatives are there. Like, and his mom is telling him like, you know, it doesn't look good enough. And his mother-in-law ghost is like, mm, it doesn't look that pretty. And oh, isn't that supposed to be a real tree? And then you've got his one aunt Edna or whatever the hell it is. It's just like, oh, are we, are we celebrating something clock? What are we doing here? You know, and it's just, and the ghosts in the meantime are like bumping into the tree. Cause like, is this a tree? And they're like lifting up the blankets and it's like slowly melting, falling down. And he's like, no, my tree and all of you assholes. And I'm not getting paid. And the whole family comes down and confronts him. And it's just like, you know, Clark, Sparky, honey, let's just, let's just forget the holiday. Let's just all have a nice dinner and just forget that it's even Christmas. I mean, you dragged us up here and it's basically ruined anyways. And, and the cousin Eddie ghost is behind him, like egging him on the whole time. Like, yeah, I agree with her, Clark. Why don't we just go and have another drink or better yet? Why don't we find an ax and cut her fucking head off? That is absolutely a Randy Quaid line. If I've ever heard yeah. of it. <laughs> it, it totally is. It totally is. Or maybe it even starts off as that he goes to get an ax. Cause he's going to go outside and cut down a real tree but then decides to try to axe murder his family. Instead. Yes, that's perfect. Yes. Because he famously forgets the saw when he goes to get the tree yes. in the movie. Yes, that's and right. Then obviously, yeah, when and that then way. obviously when the tree burns down, he cuts a new one off his neighbor's lawn. Yep. <laughs> with like a chainsaw, and he's gone yeah, absolutely off right. the rails. That makes yes. perfect sense to me. Wow, awesome. So who's going to come to this little psychic kid's rescue? Well, we've got uh, Dick Halloran, in this case, played by, uh, who do we say, Richard Pryor. Famously, uh, him and uh, him and Chevy hate each other till the day Richard died. So wow. uh, I, I, I can only. Really? If you watch some uh, <laughs> some interviews he did, they uh, they are nasty to each other. But um, wow. Um, yeah, including some. I mean, Chevy Chase is a funny actor and he's a dick. I think that's I you know I think yeah everybody's well aware that he's a very famous grouch and not very pleasant to work with but uh there's an interview I think on like uh not even David Letterman but on like a Charlie Rose type program um I think Dick Cavett maybe where he's talking to the both of them and uh Richard Pryor is talking about how excited he is to see his son perform in uh you know some school play that he's doing um and Chevy Chase goes yeah he's playing a hooker Oh it's God. like it, it really was relentless between wow. the two of them. With there Has was anyone heard they from Chevy Chase since he do, showed yeah. up on SNL 40 and he looked really bad? Did you guys you guys remember that? He looked uh, really bad. Yeah, he, he 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 did not look good. Yeah, he was yeah he was in rough shape. From what I've heard, it's that, and I was actually reading an article before this that admittedly is a year or two old at this point, but uh, it is still that he's looking to work, but he's also very aware that most people in Hollywood think he's an mm. asshole. So yeah, 
I think he's sort of like, I'd like to do something again. I just don't know when or if that's going to happen anytime soon. Mm. Yeah, I, I probably, yeah, I don't think that'll happen. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think people are kind of sick of his shit at this point. Unless he wants to make a movie with us where he goes absolutely apeshit crazy. I'm down for that. I would gladly work with Chevy Chase. Yeah, I w- I'd make this with him. Why not? There you go. See? He'd probably trash talk us afterwards, but what else? Whatever. More press for us. No publicity is bad publicity. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, like I mean, people would totally want to watch the watch the remake of The Shining with Chevy Chase, where he just like <laughs> yells at everybody on set. Like I feel like that could be bo- I feel like that could be box office gold. So is is it The Shining with Chevy Chase, or are we coming up with like the National Lampoon's Shining Vacation or something? That's what Josh suggested: National Lampoon's Shining Vacation. So I think that there works. you go. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, so now we're at the point where Chevy Chase. Clark Griswold has to start trying to kill people. Oh, yeah. And he should totally run into the bear sex scene. Yes. We need to have Chevy Chase run into the bear having sex from The Shining. So maybe we all use it in that same hotel room, that room 237, which definitely doesn't represent 2,337 kilometers from the Oh, earth. my fucking God. <laughs> All right, and, and a little more, I'll humor you here. What did you think of Stanley Kubrick's direction of the moon landing? Was it impressive or did you find it to be contrived? You know what? I couldn't sense any real atmosphere about the whole thing. So Shoot me in the fucking head with that. <laughs> I felt Stanley Kubrick's direction of the moon landing was very staged and artificial. Uh, I did not uh, believe it for a second. Neil yeah, Armstrong right. was overacting. <laughs> Thumbs down. So I, I have heard – I have a friend who used to make the joke that uh, he did believe that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing. But because he's such um, a particular perfectionist, he insisted that they shoot on location. Yeah, <laughs> right? I love that. And so they went to the moon to fake the moon landing. That's I was funny. Yeah, I was going to say you know, they, they the government hired Stanley Kubrick to direct the moon landing. And then they realized that it would actually be easier to go to the moon because he's such an asshole to work with. Yeah, it's, just, it's like shit. We'll just found NASA. Fuck this. We'll just go to the fucking moon. He wants to add sound Fuck effects. This. That's hilarious. And then there are all those Nazi scientists looking for a gig. Why don't we get that? Right. And then JFK was just like, "This guy is such a pain in the ass. We're just going. We're just going to go to the moon ourselves. I'll write a big fucking speech about it. I'd rather have a bullet in my head than deal with this asshole one more time. <laughs> oh my oh. god! Wow. Oh. Really, John? Wow. Wow. The camera just zooms into the scope of the rifle. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and the, the, cam- the camera pans to the rifle, and the guy peeks out behind the scope, and it's Stanley Kubrick. Oh, my God. conspiracy theory Stanley Kubrick shot JFK. Wow. Okay. You know what? He was, in fairness, in fairness, he was directing Stephen King's other fantastic novel, 112263. Oh, my God. Okay, so okay. Laura, you but Laura, you hate Stanley Kubrick, so you should love that we have him killing JFK. I, you know what, whatever makes well, she probably likes JFK. I do. So whatever. Okay, makes you bet anyway. Who gives a shit? So can I bring this this home a little bit for yes, good for call. This? That's so, probably that's probably for the best. So right let's now. pretend that poor Rusty, psychic Rusty, is like running around the hotel trying to like get away from like his dad or whatever. He goes into that one haunted room, and instead of seeing a lady in the bathtub who's like ready to strangle him. He sees cousin Eddie just saying shitters full. <laughs> and well no, I was gonna say do do shitters full on the door. Oh yeah. But I, I feel like the woman well, the woman in inside in the tub should be the woman that Clark keeps seeing uh, visualizing. The girl the from pool. the convertible, yeah. right? The girl from the convertible or the hotel room? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. So Clark sees her, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he sees her in the movie. She's like getting out of a pool in sort of that parody of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> what if he finds her in the hotel and then he like gets seduced and then he he starts kissing her and like in the middle of kissing her, it pans out and he's actually kissing Cousin Eddie. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That would cause me to go on an axe murdering rampage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Not man. just kissing a dude. That, that would be fine. It's kissing uh, Randy Quaid. That would, I would have the problem with. Yeah. Don't blame you there. That's the, you have good taste at least. So um, speaking of poor taste, can we finally get to this fucking scene, which is my biggest pet peeve about this whole fucking movie? Surprise, surprise. No. The dog blowjob scene. For those of you who watch this on network television, they usually cut this scene out. 
But if you don't know what I'm talking about, go YouTube the fucking clip of it that Shelly Duvall like runs upstairs and is seeing weird shit and ghosts and skeletons everywhere and peeks into a hotel room and there is like a shitty paper mache yellow faced painted dog giving a blowjob to a ghost. <laughs> go Google it. I'll wait. And Maybe not so- at work. No, probably good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that? Okay, how are we gonna put that in our movie? And I'll I mean, Connor, did you just drop Alan Rickman there? Um, or did I, you just mumble something? I just mumbled a little bit. Oh, right, sound like you're saying you're <laughs> I'm not sure. Heather. Oh, okay, I, here's yeah. how I know. Here's how I know we're gonna bring Alan Rickman Please into it. Suck my penis. How about the person that the uh, dog is blowing is Alan Rickman? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yes. No. <laughs> well, it has to be a bat. Has to be a bad Chevy Chase movie. Oh, do it to be serious. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. You know, I was going to suggest that Alan Rickman be the person, st- the editor, talking to Stanley Kubrick, telling him, Mr. Kubrick, why did you need to have a bear having sex in this movie? I don't believe it's in the original Stephen King novel. Well, it is, though, isn't it? So... What if it's not a dog or a bear? Hey, wait, it, yeah, is. it is. It is. Okay. Oh, so God, little tiny rant. Are you ready for this? So there's two pages in the book where Stephen King writes about um, the guy seeing this apparition in a room because he's obsessed with learning about who his boss is or who his master is, mm-hmm. who is the master of the overlook um, because he's really obsessed with power and he feels really disenfranchised because he can't be a teacher anymore. Mm-hmm. And his wife is kind of like, you know, not making him happy anymore. And his son has like some health problems. And so he's feeling very like powerless. And so his, he's obsessed with finding out who like the man, the, the head guy of the overlook hotel is, but he ends up feeling even worse. And this apparition appears as it's supposed to look like him as a dog giving fellatio to the, the, in the shining, the ghost that was like the, old caretaker of the hotel to make him feel less masculine to take away his power because he was the overlooks bitch he was less than a man less than a human he was just a dog to them and that's what like sparks like the craziness so i think because we already have one animal mentioned in this we have to make it the goddamn groundhog oh my god (laughs) i'm all right because it's got to be a bad chevy chase movie no, right. Oh my god, yeah, we gotta have the groundhog. Can, can that be yeah, the chase yeah. music? Yes. <laughs> and he's just chasing him around the hotel with a fucking it's axe. Like the squirrel scene. <laughs> it is like the squirrel scene from Christmas Vacation. Yes, that's, that's it. The, that's so yeah, absolutely. So instead of the squirrel scene, we have the groundhog to remind him <laughs> of what a shitty job he did in the sequel of Caddyshack, which drives him <laughs> even <laughs> which drives I mean, him even crazier. Yeah. yeah, right? Yes. Makes it so he goes absolutely crazy and so he corners his wife and kid in the bathroom trying to make them have a merry christmas. And so he's gone absolutely ape shit and he's <laughs> screaming ho 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 and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, and how will it sound uh, what, what what when he finally breaks through the door? He's not going to make some random Johnny Carson reference. Yeah. He's going to bust through the door and he's going to look in and he's going to say, "What, Connor?" Merry Christmas? Fuck me. Every goddamn time. I set you up for the Alan Rickman ho-ho-ho thing. But hey, well, no. That's what we're supposed to do. I thought I was, was, Alan I was actually going to say what would be perfect for Chevy Chase right there if uh, we're sticking with the uh, primetime television. It would be live from New York. <laughs> it's Saturday night. That's it. Yes, that's, that's, that's even better. I love it. That is bad. That's way love better. Because it. it's meta. Love it's it, meta. love it. And then, and then yeah. of course, you know, you know what other ghost we should have there is Lorne Michaels. Like, like as as Chevy Chase is going around murdering everybody, Lorne Michaels should be there. It's just like, oh, Chevy, I think you're going a little too broad with the slapstick. And then Chevy Chase just murders him. <laughs> yeah. And we get the briefest shot of uh, Richard Pryor entering, uh, you know, basically ready to save people. And Chevy just goes ham on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so so psychic rusty son has summoned Richard Pryor. Yes. And Richard Pryor is there to save them all from Chevy Chase's rampage, but Chevy I'm Chase comes down che- comes down the stairs and just fucking axes Richard Pryor. Yes. Like like not even necessarily because he's insane, just because it's Richard Pryor. <laughs> yeah, and they hate each other. 
Is he gonna say any snarky byline to him after he like shoves an axe in his heart? Um uh hang on. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker? I don't know. <laughs> of course. Listen, Laura wanted Die Hard. I'm trying to give her Die Hard. Actually, well, hang on. So maybe uh, in both a call out to the Uncle Lewis blowing himself up and uh, (laughs) Laura already sees where I'm going here. uh, And perhaps Richard Pryor's most famous offstage incident. uh, Maybe instead Mm. of taking the axe to him, he uh, just pushes him into the fireplace or throws a match on him and he bursts into flame. Mm. All right. I like that. I can roll with that. And then he says, oh, here's his kiss off line. It's his uh, weekend update line. I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. <laughs> oh, 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 here's another one. Um, because like, because um, whenever he goes around, was um, one of the, one of his go-to lines on weekend update yep. was, oh, Generalissimo Francisco Franco was still dead. Like he can go like around, going killing to random stuff. Like he, he sees the ghost of Bill Murray because they fucking hate each other too. He's just like, man, Bill Murray is still dead. <laughs> dead too and and maybe he just like he starts going off and off and off and he's talking to all of these people some of them there some of them not like we don't know who he sees and who he doesn't so his family is trying to escape throughout this entire thing and they finally get outside and they take richard pryor's snowcat so they can go down the mountain and escape this guy but at the last minute he decides that he's going to try to take out fucking poor big bang theory um (laughs) just for good measure so he can never Jenny Galecki, so he can never shit talk him on Twitter or anything like that. He's gonna take him <laughs> out. He's gonna take his ass out. And so he runs outside. So how does this kid escape from crazy Chevy Chase? So mm. obviously in the movie is the hedge maze. Do we want to stick with that? Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I go with that. Yeah. Yeah, keep the hedge maze as a big like prop. Although in the book, it's actually it's not the hedge maze. It's that there's a series of topiary animals Topiaries, that come to life. Yeah, hmm. I don't know if we have a preference. Obviously, the hedge hmm. maze is pretty iconic. Yeah, well, we have the hedge maze, hedge maze, but it's covered in Christmas lights from Clark putting them all up throughout the last. Yeah, and then it blew up, and then yeah, whole, and then they're yeah, they're the Christmas lights are uh, strewn about the hedge maze. And as he's chasing his kid, he's just like, "Do you like my Christmas decorations? Do you like them, Rusty?" And I tried to make them for you. I tried to give you a good Christmas. And maybe he keeps saying, have you been a good boy? <laughs> and he's chasing him around. But maybe he trips on one of those string lights. Mm. And, and, he, then- and, he fa- and he falls down. And as he falls down, like the axe flies and hits a light. And you see the light bulb burst. And another one next to it bursts because of it and they just burst all on down the line and then you see that chevy's like wrapped up in all of these burst bulbs all over his body that he's kind of like accidentally tangled himself in and the electricity is still on and we see it surging through the lines as it goes closer and closer to him and it and it electrocutes him just like on the poster for christmas vacation electrocutes him so that he is stunned so his son gets away and then he wakes up and he freezes to death (laughs) perfect yep and that's how he dies the next time we see him, though, which is just like The Shining, where it just shows his frozen corpse, can he be wearing? <laughs> remember when he gets stuck in the attic and he puts all the he puts all like the stuff, all, on the, his all that shit on, yeah? Can he just yeah. randomly be wearing that, but he's frozen? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he went through the rooms and found all of this, all of this like lost and found shit because he was trying to find anything that could be like ornaments and, and decorations for Christmas. So he just found like a bunch of weird shit and he was trying to bring them down. And so he puts them on himself in order to bring them downstairs and carry more and more items. And that's where he dies with all of that on. And so we just see all of his shit all over him. Nice. Oh God. That's perfect. That's perfect. Oh my God. The shining, the shining, the, the shining and Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everybody. And a yeah. happy new year. So Laura, is this, do you prefer rank the movies, Christmas vacation, the shining and whatever the fuck we just came up with. Um, okay. So I would probably watch 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation at any time because it is a staple in the Darling household. We love it. We watch it every single year. We we absolutely adore it. If only because we can really commiserate with like the father going absolutely crazy and bringing a chainsaw inside and trying to to fix a banister in the house with the chainsaw. I'm not going to say that that's ever happened in the Darling household, but that's something that's super close. So I'd rather watch that. Followed very shortly thereafter by our version of the Christmas uh, Vacation meets The Shining. Followed by literally anything else, including root canals. And then very, very, very far down the list, The Shining. So you would take um, uh, you would take Indiana Jones 4 over The Shining? Yes, I would. What I would. the fuck is wrong with you? Yes. yes. <laughs> I, would. I would. Seriously. I would, I would take... Indiana Jones for shitum of the Crystal Skull over watching anything that Stanley Kubrick produced. What you, so, or, direct, or directed what? ever? What? Ever. Nope. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Because you want to know what? I could at least put that shit on mute and watch Kate Blanchett in all of her glory do her thing and watch Harrison Ford try to do backflips with a really old sun double and like be amused. But there's nothing about Stanley Kubrick and his. I'm going to have a crazy scary trippy weird ass music weird ass like thing go on like it just no it just just doesn't work you're saying you're saying that you would like the shining better if danny torrance the little kid survived by going in a fridge that was then hit by a nuclear bomb that's what you're saying because that that would make more sense it would make more sense than psychically trying to speak to someone through the six o'clock fucking news in florida now, here's the other thing I will say, as the person whose icon <laughs> is a Stanley Kubrick film character. Yes. Laura is- Don't like that one either. Don't like that one either. I know you don't, dear. Uh, <laughs> so, Laura is saying that she would prefer the likes of The Room, Birdemic, and Trolls 2 to the likes of Dr. Strangelove, Lolita, and maybe my favorite, Spartacus. How or 2001 A Space Odyssey. You? Yep. Or, yep. Yeah, or 2001 A Space Odyssey, or Full Metal Jacket, or Paths of Glory. Yep, hard pass. Oh my God. If I had to sacrifice all of the minutia of the good that he did in order to get rid of the plethora of the bad, that is a sacrifice I am willing to make. Laura, I will stand Laura. by that. That dog, the scene of the dog having sex can't hurt you anymore. It's okay. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stanley Kubrick can't hurt any of us just anymore. Picture the, ghost, the ghost of Robin Williams, may he rest in peace, shows up and just says, Laura, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And then you're, and then you're, just, and you're just crying into your empty scotch glass. You're just like, why do they have a dog having sex? It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Nobody understands the context from that chapter. Now, before we wrap up, can I share with you all my favorite trivia fact about yes, the Shining? So Ooh, Stan- I love trivia. So Stanley Kubrick is known for being you know obviously very nitpicky but he will demand many 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 takes oh sure uh i think we all know that the world record is held by uh shelly duvall for that one scene with the baseball bat uh where she completed that scene 127 times and that is the scene that had the single most takes of any movie scene in history you mean the film. scene where she has three lines of no, please stop over and over again? Yep, and she swings the baseball bat 43 times in that scene. Uh, but God, help her. But <laughs> I think one of the other iconic images of The Shining that people always remember is the blood elevator. I think we all yes. know that very mm. well. So Stanley Kubrick, uh, famous detail-oriented nitpicker. How many takes do you suppose the blood elevator scene involved? How many takes did he do of that? I will ask for your guesses, and I'll start with Josh. Uh, six. Six. Josh is lowballing. Okay, Connor. Gonna say eight. Eight. All right. Laura. Uh, can I ask what they made the blood with? Uh, Ooh, that's a good question. I should have thought of that. Let me double check because I actually don't know offhand. I thought I heard a rumor that it was like it was watered down Jello. I think I've heard and that too. Corn syrup. I thought that that's what it was. I'm gonna guess that he did it twelve times. So 
It was three times he got it in three takes. Wow. Wow. My favorite trivia fun fact is that it took nine days to reset after each take. Wow. Holy They must have hated him. Laura, do you hate him more after finding that out? Flora's just imagining being like the uh, production manager on set that day. <laughs> All right, Randy, get them up. <laughs> I wonder what the union rate is for mopping up the Stanley Kubrick blood elevator scene. Like, you know what I mean? That I mean, if anything else, I will tell him that he created lots of jobs. You I was like, you know, if, 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 Stan, yeah, Stanley Kubrick stimulated the economy. That's the second time he influenced the country. The first he killed JFK. <laughs> Oh my god. And shortly thereafter, he faked the moon landing. We're oh my god. seriously Triple going threat. down. P.S. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to have the disclaimer. I don't actually believe that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing. Sure. I believe that the moon landing actually happened. But you do um, believe he killed JFK? I I don't believe that Stanley Kubrick is capable of doing anything without doing it more than once. And so he wouldn't possibly have been able to kill JFK because he wouldn't be able to have a second, third, fourth to 25th take of it. I missed. (laughs) Let me do that again. All right. The lighting was wrong. We got to get it back. Is there any other burning thoughts we have on the Stanley Kubrick version of Christmas Vacation at the Overlook Hotel? So I have an idea for a sequel. Go, Josh, go. Well, it's just as simple as this. They did a sequel um, to Vacation, and they had Ed Helms play Rusty. So why don't we do um, Doctor? I almost said Doctor Strange. Doctor Sleep. The Doctor Sleep. Thank you. With Ed Helms. Oh, okay. And he's at the Overlook Hotel. That's smart. Yeah, because he's playing Rusty. I like that. I can roll with that. So in the end, we have Chevy Chase dying by freezing to death in outside the Overlook Hotel the wife and kid leave we have totally cut out audrey the daughter all together this is what we're saying right uh, she never came up yeah so i say we cut audrey the daughter out all together um yeah absolutely okay and then we just cut to like a martin scorsese blood red like merry christmas to all and to all a good night and like leave <laughs> it at that <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm All Right by Kenny Loggins plays as we have a close-up of Chevy Chase's face frozen to death in the snow as the gopher from Caddyshack starts dancing. <laughs> pops out of its skull. Can we have it that it pops back into the Overlook Hotel and it zooms in on a picture and it's Chevy Chase golfing with a bunch of other ghosts from the caddy from uh, Caddyshack that have also appeared in the movie and he's just, there's like little teeny tiny gopher in the background in a, in a hole, but it's a picture of Chevy Chase golfing like in black and white. Like he's been there all along, just like in the shining for no fucking reason. Fucking perfect. I love Laura. it. Fucking perfect. <laughs> yes. And that's when, and it just zooms in closer, zooms past Chevy Chase. Where is it going? What's the camera doing? Where is it panning to? And all of a sudden it pans right to the blowjob fucking gopher and that's when Kenny Loggins I'm all right starts playing and it goes to black. I, I gotta say this um, reference, of, this reference of, yeah this this reference of I'm all right actually makes more sense than the other times I tried to shoehorn it in there. Yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, con- yeah this is like uh, we really fucked up if in context the one that makes the most sense involves a bear giving a blowjob. Yeah it's it's yeah or yeah, in this, this case a gopher this right? is the episode that's sending us all to hell. But I enjoyed it. Hey, Laura, want a drinky? Uh, oh God, I'm, I'm gonna hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna shotgun the rest of this scotch. Just give me a second, guys. <laughs> chug, chug, oh, chug. There it is. Right. Okay. Chug. Chug. All right. Hey, oh, okay. Right. Drinking rule: Every time Laura drinks, you drink. <laughs> <laughs> See if you oh, can. Come survive. on, that's just mean. Right. Oh my well, God. So every- no, a, a warmest happy holidays from the let's let's remake a movie podcast crew. Yes. From no, our so family to yours. Hopefully you weren't a Stanley Kubrick uh, Yeah, Kubrick yeah. Fan. If you are a Stanley Kubrick fan, please address all of your angry inquiries to Laura. We all like his movies. Um, but let's all pray. <laughs> here's, wishing, here's wishing you all a happy holiday season. Here's wishing Laura's liver a speedy recovery after having to talk about this crap. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Remake a Movie. Connor, play us out. <laughs> Thank you.
Clark is seeing ghosts this Christmas. Clark is seeing ghosts this Christmas. His family's driving him insane, and he's gonna kill them all. And he's gonna kill them all. The Griswold spending Christmas at the Overlook Hotel. Clark gets to relax and Rusty plays Jingle Bells. But then the whole family stops by. There's no way Clark can flee. And Clark's neighbors keep hounding him. He's gotta set up the tree. But then he explores the hotel and starts making new friends. When he's drinking with ghost buddies, the fun never ends. Then the Christmas tree keeps falling down and it gets in Clark's head. The ghosts tell him that somebody should end up dead. Shitters fall. Shitters fall. Clark is seeing ghosts this Christmas. Clark is seeing ghosts this Christmas. His family's driving him insane. And he's gonna kill them all. And he's gonna kill them all. Rusty starts hearing voices and repeats what they say. He keeps saying the shitter's full all night and all day. Helen doesn't know what to do, she's at her wit's end. If she thinks her son is bad, wait till she sees her husband. Clark's got his axe and he's going on a killing spree. All the while he's muttering about the Christmas tree. He goes into a room and sees a bear lie with a man. Laura may not like it, but that was Stanley Kubrick's plan. Shitter's full. Shitter's full. Clark is seeing ghosts this Christmas. Clark is seeing ghosts this Christmas. His family's dropping him insane, and he's gonna kill them all. And he is going to kill them all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Remake a Movie. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to support us, like, subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple, rate us five stars. We're available on all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Remake a Movie. And send us your ideas for which movies we should remake next. Thank you so much, and see you next time.